can hear you. Do you hear Kate? Not at the moment. Say Hi, something. Kyle. I can hear her now. Cool. Oh, you're a mustard seeder? Oh, I am. Bringing church members on. Look yeah. at you. We got a deep, <laughs> got a deep bench here. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, welcome to Tear Gas and Gumdrops, the podcast about the pain and sweetness of ministry and mission. My name is Chris Morton, and I'm joined. I'm here in Austin, Texas. I'm joined by my fellow pod pastor. Oh, that's me, uh, Kyle Sapp from Blistering, uh, California. Blistering Sacramento, California. Oh man, blistering. Yeah. What? What's it's blistering? Like- I don't know. Cold. Isn't that, isn't that what blistering I, means? I, I thought blistering was hot, but um, I, don't know. I don't know. Uh, well, you know what? We actually have a third party who can help us with this. Um, we are joined today by uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Kate Blackshear. Kate, is blistering hot, cold, or both? I, I think I've heard both, but it doesn't really make sense with cold now that I think about it. Uh, you don't really get cold blisters. Okay. According to the Google machine, uh, blistering refers to heat. Okay. So oh. it's you're saying it's cold there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, guys. Um, you know, I just want to jump in because we're really excited about uh, having Kate with us here today. Uh, this is a special episode that we wanted to do as we're um, in the middle of the holiday season. Um, Kate is a friend and a part of our church community here. And if you recognize her name, she is the wife of um, a much more influential, powerful, and high-quality podcaster, Shane Blackshear. So you should also listen to Seminary Dropout. But uh, Kate, I would... Oh! Yeah, 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 we got it. <laughs> I thought that name sounded familiar. Mm-hmm. So what I'd love to do, uh, today we're just going to talk about something that uh, it's a present need all year long in the church, but it's also, uh, there's something about the holidays that brings it out even more. And uh, honestly, I had never really thought about this um, and uh, until I met Kate and we talked about this. I guess it was this time last year or so Mm -hmm. uh, when it came up. So um, I'm really excited to have her here because she is... uh, an expert and an inspiration on this. So Kate, why don't you just start by uh, telling us a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Okay. So I live in Austin and I currently work as a spiritual care and bereavement coordinator for a hospice company, which means I um, provide spiritual care for folks at the end of life and also to their families, caregivers, loved ones, and then also um, help with the uh, grief support um, throughout their bereavement process um, after their loved one passes. And so I've been doing that almost three years now. And before that, worked as a chaplain for a little while in the hospital and have done um, various other ministry, um, we'll call them jobs. They weren't always paid. And uh, yeah, um, for a while I was a student minister and had some opportunity there to kind of um, use pastoral care giftings. And so feel like I've, you know, kind of honed in on that um, here lately. Uh, I live in Austin and go to Austin Mustard Seed, which is uh, where Chris is one of the pastors. And like you said, married to Shane, have 
a three-year-old named Margo and one on the way named Amos. Yes, yes. Nice. Nice. Yeah, no, we, uh, I joke a lot that we have a pretty deep bench at Austin Mustard Seed, and Kate's a great example of somebody who, uh, um, I, we talk about uh, people helping people live out their vocation, and um, I feel like Kate is a great example of that um, and how she's serving people and um, just seeking that in different ways and places. Um, I would wonder, Kate, if you can um, just introduce us to – well, I, I know you have a definition for grief, and mm-hmm. I'd love to hear that and maybe a little bit uh, that you feel comfortable sharing – of uh, your own story, why uh, helping people in times of need and grief is so important to you. Absolutely. Um, So the definition of grief that I have clung to, which I learned um, about a year ago and was told that I could use and share freely, is that grief is the normal and natural reaction to a loss of any kind. And so I think a lot of times when we think about grief, we think about specifically death, and um, that does definitely um, apply, but also we have other losses in our life, um, loss of jobs, relationships, expectations, um, even sometimes a loss of maybe our sense of self uh, related to different circumstances. So So grief is the reaction that you have to a loss, and it is normal and it is natural. And so that's part of why it matters um, to me is that I think sometimes grief is hidden or shamed or even taboo. And um, I just always want to be a part of the voice of especially the church saying, you know what, grief is, is normal, it's natural, it's a part of life, it's tough, and, uh, you know, we want to support you in that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I actually – go ahead. I was just going to say that is so remarkably helpful for me. Yeah. Good. I actually thought about you, Kyle, when uh, when uh, I first heard Thanks. this with with mm-hmm. uh, Kate and some things. That, so, uh, But I'm curious, why, why do you say that? Well, I, I appreciate the normalization of the pain uh, that – uh, for me, um, it's important as as a preacher, pastor, person who does a lot of stuff um, to remind people that joy, as I mean, we're in the Advent season and next week is joy. Joy does not mean that we are dismissive of how we are actually feeling in this moment right now. Um, mm. And it's there. There are so many people in my church who I feel like uh, have a reason to have grief in this time, and the I'm trying to find been trying to find ways to honor that um, without overloading it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that just that just that uh, just that definition right there will really help me kind of hone in. Um, on it for our church uh, during the the season of Advent, um, yeah, but also going forward. Immediately, you know, as as pastors and um, helper type people, we want to, you know, 
um, bring comfort and um, take care of people. And I think that's beautiful. Um, but there are um, times when sitting with the pain and normalizing it um, is is really what's most needed. Um, you know, as a chaplain um, for a hospice, I have to document everything that I do. And, and that's actually one of the phrases that I write is normalized grief experience. And sometimes that is most of the time that is just listening and saying, wow, wow yeah, that sounds painful um, or, you know, whatever the response is. But it's not um, like you said, you know, moving on to um, joy or feeling better or, you know, the things that can fix someone, but rather um, sitting with the grief or the pain that is there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. And the thing I love about that definition, too, is it expands grief. I think um, there's a lot of people who don't know what to do with their grief um, when they uh, or maybe there is a little shame around it because maybe it's not tied to like a great betrayal or a great loss. Like, you know, you're like, look at somebody who just lost a loved one and you're like, well, that's grief. Um, and then kind of struggle to put words to uh, their own pain. And, um, just what you note there in that definition is it's about loss of any kind. And that's been super helpful to me because, um, you know, you can think about like, uh, relationship changes, uh, for when, you know, not necessarily just death, uh, or betrayal, but, um, you know, when, when a, a stage of life changes, you know, like I said, I thought, thought of you, Kyle, when you were moving from nine years of youth ministry to a, a new church and a new type of ministry, uh, that you were excited about. Uh, but it was like a close of a chapter. Um, thought yeah. about, you know, I had a counselor kind of just kind of tell me to be aware of this as I was, uh, preparing this time last year to get married. Like this is a big change. And, um, so to be aware that there may be a sense of grief there. And, uh, I think that's part of the normalization you're talking about, Kate. And that's been so helpful to be okay with calling it grief. It doesn't have to feel like, you know, someone near you died to be, it's still like the same Mm -hmm. emotional process. And it allows for, uh, the stages of grief to be applied to not just people feeling sad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's not something that, that I, I think we talk about enough, is that people can grieve, but they don't just grieve by being sad. They grieve in anger. Uh, they grieve in bargaining. Um, and maybe that's not super deep, and maybe I'm just an idiot who never put two and two together, which I'm, I'm used to owning that. Um, but I think that, that allows... Uh, I, I think... Particularly as, uh, you know, with my church, as we're, we've transitioned out of, um, of having, an, you know, four ministers. Now we have three ministers. Um, that there is, a, there is a loss there, and we are working through that. Um, although it's probably different than, say, when my church in Antioch, um, our worship minister died. Um, mm. And to some distinct to some extent, I would argue that we did not do a good enough job of walking through our grief. Um, hmm. That we felt sad, but there was also this this tension of, well, we have to move on from here. We have to move on from here. Um, mm-hmm. and, and maybe we tried to move too quickly because uh, as we were leaving, the preacher and I 
um, had lunch one day and we both were of the opinion that we never, as a church, we never really got over that loss. Um, Mm. that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. That's something that y'all, um, will always have as a part of kind of who you are. And, you know, I, if there's one thing I could change about human nature, it'd be how we compare ourselves, you know, and it's like, well, I, you know, the pain that I'm experiencing isn't as bad or isn't as much, or it isn't like this. It isn't like that. Um, but when there's, there's loss, there's pain, there's, um, discomfort, there's an unsettled or, you know, lack of harmony within us. I mean, that, that just is, it doesn't matter what, you know, so-and-so is experiencing. Yeah, they have pain too. And that's, um, part of what I think is beautiful about sharing our pain in community settings in our churches is, there's, you know, um, a neutral ground. Um, it's, it's not about whose is worse than whose, um, as mm-hmm. far as loss or pain, it's about acknowledging that, you know what, <laughs> life is not always peachy and there's stuff yeah. that happens and changes and things that we feel and saying those things out loud to each other, um, and saying back to each other, wow, I see that. Um, it's mm-hmm. really powerful. Yeah. Well, and I want to get to that here shortly about uh, some ideas about how to do that in churches. But I wondered if you could start with just sharing a little bit, however you feel comfortable, of uh, your own kind of journey with grief and how that has led you to the ministry that you're doing. And um, maybe a little bit more about uh, what that looks like and what you're excited about in uh, in helping people through their grief. Sure. So I have... Um you know, kind of a big experience that you would think of as um, a normal grief experience. Um, But I want to start before that. And I actually grew up um, a minister's kid in the church. And um, looking back on my life, I see a lot of grief um, related to church and ministry and changes and losses. Um, And then when I, let's see, it was, um, it'll be five years this Christmas. Um, my younger, youngest brother um, died tragically at 23. And so that um, actually happened um, a year before I started the a program, or not a year, um, about eight months before I started a program to train to be a chaplain and kind of did all of this grief study and work. And so I, I, it's an interesting timeline. I went into kind of the process of learning more about grief and supporting others in their grief um, in the midst of my first year after losing uh, my tragically. And so um, that was, you know, hugely formative for me, um, just the timing of what I was experiencing and then um, sitting with others in their pain and then sitting with my peers who were also learning to support others in their grief, which I got a year of awesome pastoral counseling because we did groups um, and cared about each other and practiced listening to each other and supporting each other in grief. And so my my loss of my brother was so fresh um, as I was going through that. Um, yeah, it was just really powerful. And then, you know, since then, getting into hospice work and um, still being a part of church throughout all of that, um, 
has really um, also been formative kind of to my, like I, I can look back on my life now and see other points of, you know, grief. And um, there's actually uh, my student minister when I was in college, um, I look back and I think his role um, was kind of seen as, you know, oh, you lead student Bible studies and you organize mission trips and things like that. And um, I was a, a leader on this Christian campus, but every time I went into his office, I just cried and we talked and he provided yeah, such yeah. powerful pastoral care to me in in what I was experiencing that time, which was grief related to my family. It was before my brother died, but it was um, it was deep grief. And, and so looking back on that, I'm able to say like, wow, that was, that was really valuable that that's what that person, you know, provided to me in ministry at that time. Mm -hmm. Well, so maybe you could, I'd love to hear just your thoughts on, um, why, I mean, not everybody has that experience, uh, in, in church world or, uh, in your, situation with the campus ministry like um not all churches acknowledge grief or know what to do with it when they do um and uh so i'd be curious to hear any thoughts you might have on why that's hard uh in churches and maybe um also with the season like uh why um grief is so present with us during the holidays yeah, um, you know, I, I think it's hard, um, some of what Kyle was saying earlier about just wanting to um, be positive and reflect on joy and these wonderful things about um, the good news of the gospel. And, you know, I, I think that we tend to be uncomfortable when someone else is uncomfortable or in pain. And so it's just challenging um, to acknowledge grief, um, support people in that, uh, for, for a lot of reasons. Um, one of, one of which I think is just the basic, you know, we are uncomfortable when other people are uncomfortable. And so our own anxiety, you know, kind of gets in the way. And so as a church, it's like, you know, we want to provide, um, you know, this community and this safe place and we're together and we live life and we fellowship and, oh yeah, wait a second. Um, someone over here is hurting. Maybe we should just take them in the corner and, uh, ooh, I'll meet with them separately or, you know, go to the prayer room back there. Yeah, and... It's uncomfortable. It's like, what do we do yeah. with this? Yeah. And, um, and I think part of that has to do with just kind of, um, lack of, you know, uh, taking notes. Know. So, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not like a, you know, church evaluator or whatever. Um, but, you know, I think some of that is just us wanting to make ourselves feel good. And sure. church is a place where we want to feel good. And so um, the intimacy of allowing um, grief in um, is tricky. And so um, I just, I don't know. I think, I think it's a lot about wanting to feel a certain way and, um, and wanting to take care of people from a, you know, you come from this really good place. Um, but you know, part of what I really believe, you know, in our chaplaincy training, they talk about, you know, Oh, I don't want to, I don't want to make somebody cry. And our supervisors who are, you know, these wise pastoral care counselors would say, you're never going to make anyone cry unless you, wow. you know, yeah. them in the face. their tears are there. And when you open up space and you say, 
wow, I, I, I can really tell that you're hurting and they start to cry. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't cause that. You allowed space for that to happen. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's really difficult um, for churches um, just to, to create and allow that space um, that is sometimes uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really appreciate that line of you're not making someone cry. <laughs> Uh, I, I, as, as one who feels woefully unprepared to do any kinds of counseling, um, for people, uh, there's always that fear in my head of, uh, I'm going to, I'm only going to make this worse. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to say the wrong thing, or I'm not going to say the right thing. Uh, and, And that, uh, and that sometimes just holds me back from from engaging or disengaging. If that, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I and I want to. I don't know you very well, but just gently challenge you and say, when you think that way, you're thinking about you. You're not. You're not thinking about them. All right, so the they- gloves are coming off this podcast. All right, fine. <laughs> let's do this. No. no, you're 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 absolutely right, and I I one hundred percent will own that that it's. It's not an experience where I'm looking at that person. Um, it is definitely me going, me worried more about me. Um, mm-hmm. I can, I can totally own that. Over and over again is that, you know, what that person um, may need or, or, or may do in that moment, um, it may be really uncomfortable. You know, it's one of our phrases that we also use, which I kind of hate, is, you know, the family is grieving appropriately. Mm-hmm. And anything outside of these cultural norms of grief um, freak us out, right? You know, when my brother died, my mom was like jumping up and down and shaking her arms, and I was so uncomfortable. Um, and looking back, I'm like, you know what, (laughs) that is exactly what she needed to do. And, you know, none of us could control it or tell her how to grieve. It was just what was happening. And so, you know, in those moments when it's like, oh, if I say this, then they might start having a panic attack. They might, you know, really, um, lose it. They might leave this church upset today if I ask them, how they're doing since their loss. Um, and, and you know what, that's, that's about them. And, and I think that the, the opportunity to provide ministry and what I was talking about earlier, when churches want to focus on, you know, the gospel and the good news, I think that is the good news, you know, that, that God is with us in our pain and God is near and he uses ministers um, to provide you know, a touch on the shoulder, a hug, um, a space to open up so that that grief can happen. Mm -hmm. So good. Well, um, so I want to talk about that space a little more because, um, I don't want to be too hard on churches, like, um, because what you're describing is, um, uh, something that works best in intimate space, um, and is, um, maybe I, I either blocked or, um, unnecessarily awkward in larger spaces. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on like, um, 
what can be done in those larger spaces to kind of normalize grief like you're talking about. Um, and then also uh, maybe you could tell, talk a little bit uh, about what we're trying to do at Mustard Seed and creating um, some specific spaces for grief. Um, my mind is going like a million directions right now. <laughs> so, many, so many things you just said. First of all, I have to say, if my dearest friend Leah listens to this, she will hate that we are saying creating a space so much. Yeah, It's just... Yeah. Oh, it's just good. I can't help it. Um, yeah, my friend Tommy would also appreciate if we added the phrase "seasons of life." Oh yeah, uh, there are seasons. <laughs> seasons for sure of, grief, of grief. Seasons of making space for grief. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> uh, and a safe place of seasons. Season of life. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, first, <laughs> first little little thought that I have, just kind of, I don't know if it's a side note or what, is. You know, you're right that these are more intimate conversations. And um, I think that I've I've learned, um, well, partly through Mustard Seed Midweek Group, we've done this um, spiritual about our vocation, like um, kind of uh, the assessment tool we use talked about kind of how we see God at work in the world and how we relate. And one of the, the areas that God is at work is through compassion, um, and connecting with people, um, in this compassionate way. And so there are people in your church who are gifted in this way naturally, um, and naturally and some by practice. And, you know, you can think of them as, you know, maybe people of peace or people who, um, tend to be more empathetic or more aware of other people's feelings. And so, um, as a pastor, I think, um, utilizing those people, encouraging those people, and also learning from. If you are a pastor who isn't naturally as empathetic or, um, you know, uncomfortable with maybe counseling type um, roles or things like that, um, first of all, I think you kind of have to just deal with it and get better at it because pastors are expected to care about the people in their communities, but also um, you know, utilizing these people of peace and encouraging them to connect with the people in your church who are in pain, who are grieving. Um, so as far as the larger spaces, um, you know, I think always in a, um, a time of worship or liturgy or whatever it is that your church calls it, um, you know, spending a few moments um, of silence or or time just saying together collectively, you know, hey, there's there's pain amongst us. We don't have to necessarily say it out loud right this second, but we want to acknowledge that, you know, some of us are in different seasons than others. And, you know, there are there are things, um, you know, sometimes I, I can just feel heaviness, you know. Um, and, and so I think making that a normal part of our gatherings um, and continually talking about the redemptive work of God in our own lives, um, in our pain, in our grief. I think normalizing that in the congregational type settings um, is a good step. And then having, um, you know, smaller um, break off, you know, groups or times, um, things set aside specifically for grief. We have something that we'll be doing here uh, at Mustard Seed in a I guess a week and a half or so, um, that we call lament night. Uh, we're still, I think probably searching for the right name, but, uh, that's yeah, the we've one we've, we've done it like five times and had five different names, but, 
Call it Cry Day and put it on a Friday. <laughs> cry Day on a Friday. <laughs> there we go. Um, Next time. We started out calling it, I think, Grief Share, but that's actually a, a curriculum and a program that some churches use. And so it's like, you know, copyrighted. And so there are, there are some churches that provide something, you know, more formal like that. It has a workbook and videos and things like that. Um, and I actually have one of my clients through hospice, one of the bereaved wives that I work with that's going through that program and really benefiting from that. Um, and that one is more specifically geared towards uh, a death loss um, or possibly open to, you know, like a, a relational divorce or, or some kind of situation like that. Mm. But, yeah, we we just kind of say, you know, hey, once a quarter or so or when we feel like it's needed, um, we're going to get together and, uh, you know, what I always say is we're going to, we're going to sit down in the living room and we're going to look at each other and we're going to say what hurts and we're going to acknowledge it and we're going to pray together. And, uh, you know, mustard seed, we happen to be okay with. We usually have some wine and some chocolate and, you know, um, we laugh a little and we cry a lot and just kind of share um, some particularly uh, dark or difficult things in our lives. Um, and it's been really, really powerful. And there have been people, um, we always have a, a pretty small group, you know, eight to 10, um, which for our size church, I think is a great, um, showing of people. Um, but then I almost always have somebody say, you know, I, I didn't get to come this time, but I want to come next time. And, um, or, you know, the people that are there, there are some who have been to all of them. <laughs> and then there are some mm-hmm. who have come to one because of a particular loss. Um, so just having that on a regular basis, I think is really important. Yeah. Um, and then Chris, you alluded to kind of what is the deal with the holidays and, um, you know, a good counseling term is triggers, you know, there are just, huge triggers at the holiday. Um, it's, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's a time when you gather with family, um, which families can be a trigger in and of themselves. Um, and then, you know, you're supposed to be happy and joyful and all these things. And so then there's this extra kind of guilt and shame. If you don't feel that way, if, if you are struggling through a particular time in your life and then all of a sudden it's the holidays and everybody around you is feeling, you know, excited and hopeful and, you know, this Advent season of expecting Christ and you're like, you know what, I don't, I don't even feel that right now. Um, so, so the holidays, yeah, it can just be a particularly really hard time. Yeah, I was so glad when you brought this up about this time last year about let's uh, make some space during the holidays to grieve. Um, I wonder if you could just circle back a little bit and um, without, you know, giving anything away. uh, But uh, tell us a little bit more about that space at Lament Night of um, you talked, you said living room, chocolate, wine, Mm -hmm. um, but maybe just um, like how... uh, how you encourage people to share or not share um, and uh, like any, anything that works well in that space or anything you definitely want to kind of stay away from um, if you're trying to create a space like that. Yeah. So um, it's really interesting. We've actually um, stuck with basically the same kind of format, but um, what I was talking about earlier with just anxiety and like uncomfortableness, it's so funny when we first get to wherever we are, whoever's home we're in, it's like, uh, you know, everybody's kind of giggly and weird because 
we know what's coming. You know, we know that when we sit down, um, we're about to pour our hearts out to each other. And so um, I, I kind of love that now that I know what it is. And um, we chit chat just like, you know, I remember the last um, the one at the holidays last time was when uh, we met at a couple's house and they actually told us that night before we got started that they were expecting their first child. And so there was this like beautiful shared moment and and then that just flowed right into opening up and sharing about other things. So it was really cool. So one of the things um, we try to do at the beginning is just kind of center, get us all um, as much as we can, um, the things that are that are racing through our minds, the busyness um, to go away and to, to talk about being present in that space. We talk about confidentiality. Um, whoever is there that night, it's, it's kind of, um, it's not just understood. It's stated, you know, the things that are shared here tonight are private. We're not going to yeah, go, good. you know, talk about this stuff. Um, and then I usually try to say, you know, if there's something that I'm really concerned about, um, about you or whatever, I'd like to follow up with you or, or follow up with one of our pastors and talk with you about that. And so, you know, of course you always want to make sure that if anyone is going to, and, and I'll say this, you know, if you express any kind of harm, um, you know, that you're going to do any kind of harm to yourself or to others, then that is something that we will have to talk about. I um, mean, just kind of say all that up front. And then um, I always invite people to to just share what their loss is. Um, and then um, sometimes we talk about, you know, what's particularly difficult right now. Um, and then I always tell people, you know what, if being here is the bravest thing you could do and you can't even say why you're in this room, that's okay too. Just pass. Um, and, and we haven't had that happen. We've, we've really always had everybody, you know, share something. And of course, some people share more than others. Um, but you know, it's really been, um, awesome. And then, Daniel, um, one of our um, other pastors, and I kind of lead this together, and uh, he and I have been kind of talking back and forth a little bit about the actual response that we have to each other, um, because there is um, a need for a response, but we don't want to get into um, fixing or taking care of or giving advice or this right, or that. And there's right. so many, there's so many dangers of like, ah, I'm going to say something wrong. And so I feel like the last one, and this is just being totally transparent. Um, we got so focused on, there's nothing we can say. All we can say is I'm sorry that we didn't really spend enough time and space with each person's loss. And we just kind of moved on to the next person. Um, so we're kind of thinking about that for this next one. Um, when I was doing my CPE training, we talked about, um, you know, responding to people by saying, wow, I, I, I really hear this from your story. And, or I really see this. And one of the things that's really, really important to remember is to acknowledge and to reflect the things that they have actually said. So we don't want to say, wow, it seems like you're feeling really guilty. And they never use the word guilt. Really what they were saying is, you know, whatever. I I can't think of an example, but you try to mimic or or repeat back the feeling word that they used. And so that's a good little pastoral 
tip right there, you know, just listen for a long time. And if you have to say something in response, try to acknowledge what you have heard them there. And then we always have a time of um, just praying for each other. And that looks a little bit differently at Austin Mustard Seed because of kind of our rhythms and how we do things. So a lot of times that's like a pre-written um, benediction that we kind of pray over people. Um, but, you know, in your church, it may look different than that. It may look like, you know, circling around people or laying hands on people that are having a particularly hard time or whatever that is. And so, again, in those moments, you want to just be aware that, you know, prayer and connection and touch is all very powerful, but we're not trying to um, resolve anything, you know, that particular night or whatever, but we're trying to say, you know, together that we trust that God is healing us and working in us. And um, so we do always um, include that as well. It's so simple and it's, in, in my mind, it's freeing that it's that simple. You know, um, it's really about seeing, acknowledging, hearing. Um, and then another thing we were taught to do is to say, and I'm telling you all my tricks now. So um, I, I connected with your story um, when you talked about this. Um, wow, I really connected with the loneliness that you mentioned. Um, now the trick is when you say, I connected with that, you don't then say, because this and this and this and this and this about me. You don't go into your own story. You keep your response about them. And so there's a power and in, in, in a, a beauty with connecting with someone intimately by saying, wow, like, I've been there too. I mean, and you don't, you don't ever want to say, of course, I know exactly what you're feeling or whatever. But, but wow, I really connected with that piece um, wow. about about being confused about, you know, why this is even happening. Um, but then stop. Don't go into your own story at that time. It's not, it's not your time, which gets a little tricky in a grief group because we are all taking a turn. Right. Um, but, but in that moment, it's about, it's about that person's grief and pain. I love that. I really connected with that. <laughs> Good. Uh, that and was. Then I'm amazing. not going to say why. I'm just see. I'm practicing. <laughs> Good job. You know, um, one of the Self-life. things I'm thinking about in preparation for this is just you know saying to churches, to pastors, whatever, create a space for grief. The end. There's yeah. no fixing. There's no and then do this and then do that. It's it's allowing it. It's you know, um, normalizing it, it's being a part of it, it's walking alongside people. It's not, um, it's not taking over and leading the way and, and all that. It's, it's a little bit, um, different. And you know, sometimes people will look directly at you and say, what in the world do I do? And, um, and my response in that moment is usually, I don't know but I'm here with you. It's helpful. It's good. There seems to be like things that are good and we should do as a community, um, things that we should offer uh, as pastors and things like that. Um, but there's also uh, a space 
where uh, you really do need professional help. Um, we're kind of spoiled at Mustard Seed <laughs> that we have you and a number of other counselors. Um, so we have, like, you know, that space that you've created there at Lament Night. We've already got that professional level. So that that's helpful. But um, I just wonder if you have any thoughts on that, on um, kind of how, uh, how far you can go in a space like that and when you need to kind of press pause and uh, help a person or some people um, get into uh, some more uh, professional counseling or some formal things like that. Um, or maybe not. May, maybe, uh, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, yeah, absolutely. Um, my big thing with that is stating it up front as much as you can. Um, so I am a um, pastoral counselor. I'm not a licensed professional counselor. And so usually um, if I'm in a setting, um, even for work, I let people know up front what my limitations are. You know, hey, I'm here to support you in your grief. I'm here to listen to you. If there are things that we come into in this conversation that are above my expertise or my skill level or my able my ability to help you, then I'm going to want to help you find somebody um, who can support you in those things. And so, you know, um, it gets a little tricky. I feel like even at Mustard Seed with people knowing, you know, that I'm a grief counselor, we have these lament nights because, you know, obviously just as far as time, like I can't take care of you know, all the grief counseling that needs to happen or, or whatever. Um, but also there are boundaries and, and things that, you know, grief, um, can trigger other, um, deeper issues and people not deeper than grief, but other deep issues in their life or things that are going on. And so, um, I like to just say those things up front. And, and even if I'm having coffee with someone in the capacity of a friendship, then I will say, you know, Hey, I'm here to listen to you as a friend. I'm not going to, um, try to, lead you or guide you in any particular direction. And if I do, um, you know, help me out. Cause I, I don't want to do that. I just want to listen to you today. Um, so I think saying those things up front is always really appreciated, um, by people and saying, um, you know, and I'll walk with you to help you find some good support or some good help that you need. And then, you know, be re- ready and willing to do that. And I think as pastors, we need to have resources. We need to have, um, people that we can call or or help connect people to because one of the hardest things for someone who's in deep depression or or grief or anxiety is like how do you find a counselor or a therapist you know when you're in the midst of this darkness and so I think mm-hmm. having some good resources is really important that's great mm-hmm. I like that I have nothing to add other than yeah I'm going to probably have to re-listen to this podcast like two more times <laughs> Um, it was uh, it was good. It was very uh, informative for me, and um, I hope we'll be really shaping for some things we're going to do in the moving forward um, at Cordova. Some things we're kind of already doing. Um, yeah. And I think that, you know, if you have people of peace or people who are, you know, tend towards these type of things, having a good training um, to kind of talk about some of these things could be really helpful Mm -hmm. um, because I think a lot of really good intentioned and good hearted people um, have some of these things naturally, but never have heard anybody say maybe, "Mm, maybe it's not helpful to get into your story or maybe it's not helpful to, um, 
you know, go on this advice rant or whatever it is. And so I think it's really important to do some just basic empathy training with some of your church leaders, um, maybe even small group leaders. Um, when someone comes to, to them as a small group leader and says, I'm experiencing this, you know, how do they respond to that? How do they um, report that to staff if that needs to happen? Um, and I think thinking through those things ahead of time um, can really empower people in your church to, to connect on a deeper level. That's so good. Uh, just along those lines, just to kind of tie things up here, uh, I wonder if um, you have any other suggestions or resources that you might mention, uh, or even maybe if people have uh, further questions for you and want to follow up with you, if there's a way to do that on the internet. Yeah, I'm so bad at resources. I really am. Um, <laughs> there's a lot out there. I actually just um, am sending a holiday letter to everyone um, that's in our current bereavement program through hospice. And I searched, you know, on Google the other day, like grief at the holidays and oh my goodness, a million articles came up. And so, you know, there's just a lot of, a lot of good stuff out there. Um, for me personally, I, I really don't think of myself as any kind of expert, but I'd be glad to connect with someone or, or kind of brainstorm, you know, ideas. And if you want to put my email on the show notes or however you want to do it, see how sure. podcast savvy because yeah. I'm married to um, you are more than welcome to do that because I, I don't know if you can tell, but I love talking about this stuff. I mean, it just, it, it invigorates me. So um, if anyone wants to, and you know, maybe eventually that'll be, that's kind of a dream of mine is kind of mm. grief church consulting, whatever that looks like, or, or helping churches to get these groups started or um, train lay leaders, things like that. I think that that would be amazing. Cool. Thanks, Kate. Thank you guys so much. I enjoyed it. Dude, that was really good. It's nice when we have people on the podcast who teach me something. You know, cool. so yeah. it it I feel like I'm not doing my my role very well of co podcastering by just kind of sitting back and listening. But you know, whatever. Yeah, it's good. Um, she had some really good things to say, and I really do need to listen to this again, um, and and kind of chew on it a lot, which will be really great because uh, normally when I re-listen to the podcast, it's usually just an exercise in. Um, uh, self-indulgence right. so this would be nice to uh, yeah. be non-arrogantly listening to our podcast yeah uh, no it's good so, yeah. no, it was really good I really appreciated her definition of grief uh, and we'll probably well I definitely will be using that going forward totally well um, just thanks everybody for listening and uh, feel free to drop us a line if uh, you have any questions and uh, check the show notes if you want to drop Kate a line. You can get a hold of us uh, at our website, teargasandgumdrops.com, or you can search for us on Facebook, Tear Gas and Gumdrops, or uh, take a minute to uh, leave us a five-star review, I mean, as many stars as you want, on uh, on iTunes and tell your friends, uh, especially if you have uh, friends who are kind of coming into this season and uh, not sure how to respond to the grief in their churches and families. 
um, I think this this interview is a really great one for uh, people to pass on. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys again soon.